Dine Payments is a Christian-owned processing payment business. Every business needs a payment process system, so please go to dinepayments.com forward slash FLF and sign your business up. Working with them supports us. They won't cancel you like Stripe canceled President Trump. They won't cancel you like MailChimp canceled the Babylon Bee. Check them out. At least have a phone call. Tell them that Cross Politics sent you. Go to dimepayments.com forward slash FLF. This is Toby Sumter. Today's Friday, September 30th, and this is your Cross Politic Daily News Brief. All eyes are on Florida as rescue crews piloted boats and waded through inundated streets Thursday to save thousands of Floridians trapped amid flooded homes and shattered buildings left by Hurricane Ian, which crossed into the Atlantic late Thursday and churned toward another landfall in South Carolina. Hours after weakening to a tropical storm while crossing the Florida Peninsula, Ian regained hurricane strength Thursday evening after emerging over the Atlantic Ocean. The National Hurricane Center predicted it would make landfall in South Carolina as a Category 1 hurricane on Friday. This is from the Associated Press. The devastation inflicted on Florida began to come into focus a day after Ian struck as a monstrous Category 4 hurricane, one of the strongest storms ever to hit the U.S. It flooded homes on both the state's coasts, cut off the only bridge to a barrier island, destroyed a historic waterfront pier, and knocked out electricity to 2.67 million Florida homes and businesses, nearly a quarter of utility customers. At least one man has been confirmed dead in Florida, while two other people were reported killed in Cuba after the hurricane struck the island Tuesday. Aerial photos from the Fort Myers area, a few miles west of where Ian struck land, showed homes ripped from their slabs and deposited among shredded wreckage. Remember Fort Myers, Cape Corals, where our good friends uh, are, Founders Ministries and uh, Grace uh, Community Church there with uh, Pastor Tom Askell and, and other friends. So keeping them in our prayers. Businesses near the beach were completely raised, leaving twisted debris. Broken docks floated at odd angles beside damaged boats, and fires smoldered on lots where houses once stood. I don't know how anyone could have survived in there, William Goodson said, amid the wreckage of the mobile home park in Fort Myers Beach, where he'd lived for 11 years. The hurricane tore through the park of about 60 homes, many of them including Goodson's single-wide home destroyed or mangled beyond repair. Wading through waist-deep water, Goodson and his son wheeled two trash cans containing what little he could salvage of his belongings, a portable air conditioner, some tools, and a baseball bat. The road into Fort Myers was littered with broken trees, boat trails, trailers, and other debris. Cars were left abandoned in the roadway, having stalled when the storm surge flooded their engines. We've never seen storm surge of this magnitude, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis told a news conference. The amount of water that's been rising and will likely continue to rise today, even as the storm is passing, is basically a 500-year flooding event. After leaving Florida as a tropical storm Thursday entering the Atlantic Ocean, north of Cape Canaveral, Ian spun up into a hurricane again with winds of 75 miles per hour. The Hurricane Center predicted it would continue to strengthen before hitting South Carolina on Friday, but still remain a Category 1 storm. A hurricane warning was issued for the South Carolina coast and extended to Cape Fear on the southeast coast of North Carolina, with tropical storm force winds reaching 415 miles 
From its center, Ian was forecast to shove storm surge of five feet into coastal areas in Georgia and the Carolinas. Rainfall of up to eight inches threatened flooding from South Carolina to Virginia. Sheriffs in southwest Florida said 911 centers were inundated by thousands of stranded callers, some with life-threatening emergencies. The U.S. Coast Guard began rescue efforts hours before daybreak break in barrier islands near where Ian struck. DeSantis said more than 800 members of federal urban search and rescue teams were also in the area. In the Orlando area, Orange County firefighters used boats to reach people in a flooded neighborhood. A photo of the department posted on Twitter showed one firefighter carrying someone in his arms through knee-deep water. In an area nursing home, patients were carried on stretchers across flood waters to a waiting bus. Among those rescued was Joseph Agbuna, We're happy to get out, he said, after grabbing two bags of possessions when water rose to the windows in his Orlando home. It was very, very bad. In Fort Myers, Valerie Bartley's family spent desperate hours holding a dining room table against their patio door, fearing the storm raging outside was tearing our house apart. I was terrified, Bartley said. What we heard was the shingles and debris from everything in the neighborhood hitting our house. The storm ripped away patio screens and snapped a palm tree in the yard, Bartley said, but left the roof intact and her family unharmed. In Fort Myers, some people left shelters to return home Thursday afternoon. Long lines formed at gas stations and a Home Depot opened, letting in a few customers at a time. Frank Pino was near the back of the line with about 100 people in front of him. Hope they leave something, Pino said, because I need almost everything. Authorities confirmed at least one Florida death, 72-year-old man in Deltona, who fell into a canal while using a hose to drain his pool in the heavy rain. The Volusia County Sheriff's Office said two other storms' deaths were reported in Cuba. Lee County Sheriff Carmine Marcino said his office was scrambling to respond to thousands of 911 calls in the Fort Myers area, but many roads and bridges were impassable. Emergency crews sawed through a toppled tree to reach stranded people. Many in the hardest hit areas were unable to call for help because of electricity and cellular outages. A chunk of the Sanibel Causeway fell into the sea, cutting off access to the Barry Island where 6,300 people live. It was unknown how many heated orders to evacuate, but Charlotte County Emergency Management Director Patrick Fuller expressed cautious optimism. No deaths or injuries have been confirmed in the county, and flyers of Barrier Islands show the integrity of the homes is far better than we anticipated, Fuller said. South of Sanibel Island, the historic beachfront pier in Naples was destroyed with even the pilings underneath torn out. Right now, there's no pier, said Penny Taylor, Collier County Commissioner. Fort Port Charlotte, a hospital's emergency room flooded, and fierce winds ripped away part of the roof, sending water gushing into the intensive care unit. The sickest patients, some on ventilators, were crowded into the middle two floors as the staff prepared for storm victims to arrive, said Dr. Burgett Bodine of HCA Florida Fockett Hospital. Ian struck Florida with 150-mile-an-hour winds that tied it for the fifth strongest hurricane ever to hit the U.S., I should add here, in recorded history, as far as we know, We've been recording these things, I don't know, for the last hundred years or so. While scientists generally avoid blaming climate change for specific storms without detailed analysis, Ian's watery destructive fits with scientists have predicted for warmer world, stronger and wetter hurricanes, though not necessarily more of them. Ha! Now, this is probably, if anything, just the judgment of God. The business was very, very heavy rain. This is something we've expected to see because of climate change, says MIT atmospheric scientist Carrie Emanuel. We'll see more storms like Ian. Thank you for appealing to your gods, Carrie Emanuel, but we serve the living God who commands the wind and the waves. If anything, we should repent. Hey, I want to take a minute and talk about the Fight Life East Club. You hear us talk about it a lot. 
the Fight Laugh Feast Club is, well, we consider it our army. You, when you join, not only support our work, our mission, our fight, you're also helping us take down legacy media. You're also getting access to all the content we place in our club portal, such as past shows, all our conference talks, a number of exclusive interviews and behind-the-scenes conversations that we've had with many of the people we've interviewed, conference speakers, and others, as well as uh, a number of uh, other things you can't find anywhere else. We did a East Coast tour one year. All the talks are available there. Lastly, you also get discounts for all our conferences. In fact, um, you get $100 off. You can also um, live stream. If you can't make it to the conference, you can live stream if you're a club member. We want to make that access uh, for you. So go to fightlaughfeast.com if you're not already a member and sign up today. This coming from the Blaze, the first transgender officer in the U.S. Army and her so-called wife, not really his so-called, have both been indicted for allegedly attempting to communicate with Russian officials in the hopes of giving them compromise on some members of the military and their spouses. Over the summer, Major Jamie Lee Henry, 39, who's a dude dressed up like a woman, and his wife, Dr. Anna Gabrielian, I don't even know if it's really a woman or not, had reportedly made, of course, they're not really married, had reportedly made contact with someone whom they thought worked at the Russian embassy, but who was actually an undercover FBI agent. Hey, look, FBI agents doing what they're supposed to do. Henry, an internist, is a medical doctor with security clearance at Fort Bragg in North Carolina, one of the largest military installations in the entire world. Gabrielian, an anesthesiologist and critical care instructor at Johns Hopkins, allegedly expressed hope to the FBI agent that they could use her husband. I'm going to, yeah, this is so confusing. Too many, this, this is what happens. You, you can't even talk about a story anymore. This, the person A and person B who are under the delusion that they're married, anyways. Uh, her, her spouse, I'll use that word. Her, no, that's not even the right word either. Her partner. Her partner in crime. Security clearance to obtain the medical records of some strategic members of the military and uh, their spouses and relatives that Russian officials could then exploit, according to the indictment, which was unsealed on Thursday. Um, person A who I think is a woman, was motivated to help Russia because of her Russian patriotism. Her profile at Johns Hopkins does indicate that Gabrielian speaks fluent Russian. However, it is unclear whether she is a Russian national or somehow otherwise affiliated with the country. Though Henry was not said to be motivated by Russian patriotism, the indictment does suggest that the army officer expressed some sympathy for Russian interests. My point of view is until the United States actually declares war against Russia, Henry allegedly told the agent, I'm able to help as much as I want. Henry also told the agent that Henry, Henry, uh, I think they're trying to avoid using pronouns. Henry told Henry, Henry said that Henry, he, I think, had attempted to enlist in the Russian army to fight against Ukraine, but had been rejected for a lack of combat experience. The way I am viewing what is going on in Ukraine right now is the United States is using Ukrainians as a proxy for their own hatred toward Russia. Henry allegedly said. Gabrielin also allegedly called Henry a coward when the army officer expressed misgivings about violating HIPAA regulations. Oh, you know, the law in service to Russia. During a meeting with the agent at a hotel last month, Gabrielin reportedly gave the agent private medical information belonging to the spouse of a service member in the Office of Naval Intelligence, as well as the information of a relative from an Air Force veteran. Henry likewise handed the agent the medical records of five Fort Bragg patients, according to the filing. It's unclear whether Henry had treated those patients personally. During that meeting, the couple also supported, supposedly attempt to establish a contingency plan in the event that they were ever arrested. 
Gabrielle allegedly requested the, the Russian embassy help find her children a nice flight to Turkey to go on vacation so they couldn't be used as hostages against her if she were ever incarcerated. Both Henry and Gabrielle have been charged with conspiracy and wrongful disclosure of individually identifiable health information. They face up to 15 years in prison, each if convicted. And I mean, just think about this. I mean, people who are under the delusion that first, A, that they're married, under under delusions that they are of, you know, different uh, sex than the one that God gave them with. I mean, these people are um, trained liars, and we've elevated them to positions of national security. And liars and people who are traitors against their own biology cannot be trusted. This is fact. And But we keep going down this delusional crazy train. The couple were married. No, they weren't. They were delusionally. Uh, they, 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 they first expressed this delusion publicly in 2015. The same year Henry came out as transgender. Right. So the dude started wearing dresses. At the time, Henry gave an interview with Brightest Young Things. My passion is service member health. No, it's not, Henry said in the interview. The biggest part in supporting the health of service members is listening to them, except when you don't want to. Trauma has to be handled on an individual's timeline in a way that's unique to that individual, blah, blah, blah. Brightest Young Things has since changed its name to Exactly. It claims to be an award-winning design strategy and events agency for brands who want to stay relevant with today's beautifully diverse audience. Yeah, sounds like a real winner. Um, last up folks, I, I can't let this, uh, this news brief end without pointing out to you, um, John MacArthur being, um, being a dude again, pastor John Arth, uh, MacArthur being, being a total dude, um, being a faithful pastor. He wrote a letter to governor Newsom of California and told him this almighty God says in his word, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Scripture also teaches that it is the chief duty of any civic leader to reward those who do well and to punish evildoers. You have not only failed in that responsibility, you routinely turn it on its head, rewarding evildoers and punishing the righteous. The word of God pronounces judgment on those who call evil good and good evil. And yet many of your policies reflect this unholy upside down view of honor and morality. The diabolical effects of your worldview are evident in the statistics of California's epidemics of crime, homelessness, sexual perversion like homosexuality and transgenderism and other malignant expressions of human misery that stem directly from corrupt public policy. I don't need to itemize or elaborate on the many immoral decisions you have perpetrated against God and the people of our state, which have only exacerbated these problems. Nevertheless, my goal in writing is not to contend with your politics, but rather to plead with you to hear and heed what the word of God says to men in your positions. Let all kings bow down before him. All nations serve him. Psalm 72, 11. He who rules over men righteously, who rules in the fear of God, is as the light of the morning when the sun rises. 2 Samuel 23, 3 and 4. It is an abomination for kings to commit wicked acts, for for a throne is established on righteousness. He goes on and uh, particularly addresses him uh, for the way that he went after uh, states that had outlawed abortion. Uh, He says, in mid-September, you revealed to the entire nation how thoroughly rebellious against God you are when you sponsored billboards across America promoting the slaughter of children whom he creates in the womb. You further compounded the wickedness of that murderous campaign with a reprehensible act of gross blasphemy 
quoting the very words of Jesus from Mark 12, 31, as if you could somehow twist his meaning and arrogate his name in favor of butchering unborn infants. Use the name and the words of Christ to promote the credo of Molech. It would be hard to imagine a greater sacrilege. Well, once again, Pastor MacArthur has done it. We are grateful to him for it. May God bless it. May God bring Governor Newsom to his knees. The Psalm of the day is Psalm 103. This is uh, one of my favorite settings of, it's a Genevan Psalm, Psalm 103. And here it's done by our friends, Brother Down. My soul now bless thy maker, let all within me bless his name, who maketh thee partaker of mercies more than thou dost claim. Forget him not whose meekness still bears with all thy sin. Who healeth all thy weakness, renews thy life within. Whose grace and care are endless, and save thee through the past. Who leaves no suffer friendless, but rights the wrong at last. But rights the wrong at last. Judgment, truth, and righteousness His love beyond all measure His yearning pity or disrest Nor treats us as we merit But lays His anger by The humble, contrite spirit Finds his compassion nigh And high as heaven above us As break from close of day So far since he doth love us He puts our sins away He puts our sins And amen. This is Toby Sumter with Cross Politic News. Remember, you can always find the links to our news stories and these psalms at crosspolitic.com. Just click on the daily news brief, follow the links, or find them on our app. Just search Fight, Laugh, Feast in your favorite app store and never miss a show. We're now doing a daily show with daily backstage content for Fight, Laugh, Feast Club members, but you need to know. Next week, I don't know what's happening because we're all going to Knoxville, Tennessee for the Fight, Laugh, Feast Conference. Uh, again, join, become a club member so you can watch all those episodes, all those talks live, get a discount. Remember, there's a Saturday-only pass, so if you're within driving distance, $99 gets you in on Saturday, and uh, would love to see you, love to meet you. Um, have a great weekend, and again, uh, shows might be sparse next week with us traveling to Tennessee for the conference. Hope to see you there. God bless. God bless.